Aloha, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of The Solid Podcast. I am your host, Doc Rock. Hey, everybody, how you been? It's been a good week. It's been a crazy week. All kind of nonsense going on out there in the real world. Uh, <laughs> one of the funniest things this week, of course, is if you've been paying attention and you're watching the uh, Jeff Sessions, I don't know what you want to call it. They call it a testimony, but... It seemed like about hour and a half of deflecting on Instagram, straight deflecting. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty comical, but, you know, all I got to say, it's really hilarious to me how the dude kind of got there and caught a case of senility. Like he couldn't remember this and he couldn't remember that. But he has no problem remembering that he wants to basically lock up every person of color for, I don't know, smoking a joint, crossing the street crooked, whatever that they can do to assume it's a an illegal thing, which is in itself kind of funny because for the most part, if you're doing something crazy like, you know, getting faded every day on some illicit substance other than weed, you're kind of sort of pretty much only hurting yourself. So I guess that's okay. Anyway. The, the goal was not to get too political, but uh, we kind of got it. We want to talk something about politics today. Um, and it's not what you would normally think. So there's plenty of podcasts out there where they break down the various things in the politicalness. And a lot of them are getting really good at putting it into a format or a conversation that's a little bit more understandable, a little less creepy or freaky than the way, say, the MSM, as Trump likes to call it, the mainstream media likes to put it. Uh, for instance, Pod Save America is a great place to start. If you feel like you need to pay a little bit more to more attention to politics, but you don't know where to jump off, it's really good. Uh, Pod Save America from Crooked Media, one of my favorites. Also on the same uh, network, there is Pod Save the People and there's Pod Save the World. And there's Love It or Leave It. All of those shows are great. Some of the best ones out there talking about what's going on with the current political climate. I would definitely say give them a look. Anyway, what I want to talk about in the level of politics is sort of what we do in our own communities. Now, again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not from Hawaii, excuse me, the examples that I will use are normally talking about Honolulu, Hawaii, where I live but they do apply just about anywhere in the world. And what I'm noticing more and more lately, and it's starting to become somewhat irritating or depressing. And again, I don't want to give just the bad side of these things unless I can sort of offer something that I think might be able to help. And again, your mileage may vary. A lot of people say that dude's crazy anyway, so they don't really care what I say, but let's give it a look. So recently in our town, there's been this great effort from a company called Beaky to set up a bike share. And there's a lot of controversy on whether they did their rollout properly or not. So for instance, they went to go set up a bike share in a neighborhood known as Pu'ule Circle. All of the residents came outside, put their coolers and their buckets and their lawn chairs or whatever's, and they went out to straight cock block the setting up of Beaky. Now, what they're basically saying is, yeah, not in my backyard. 
Some people are straight up against the whole bike share concept. And I'm going to guess that they're not cyclists because I don't know too many cyclists that would be against it. Um, but for whatever reason, they claimed that they didn't know about this. They didn't know it was coming. And I find that a little farcical because I've been to no less than 20 Beaky events for about the last three and a half, maybe four years. Um, I've been to plenty of their, you know, uh, when they were trying to select bikes, which was damn near three years ago. Um, when the conversation first came up, hell, I was still running uh, my co-working space greenhouse back then. So it's definitely been a while and the conversations has been out. But what people tend to do is ignore these things because the typical conversation is I'm not into politics. I don't pay attention to politics. That's not my thing. I don't really care because it doesn't affect me or my vote's not going to really make a difference as we all suffer now because enough people did that. But then when something comes out from the city or the state, the municipality, uh, county, you know, federal, whatever, something comes out that goes against your grain, people all of a sudden, after these things have been passed, get a selective memory and they start crying. They didn't know about it. They didn't hear about it. They start to feel victimized by whatever the situation is that, you know, brought forth this new effort. So we got not once, now twice, it happened again today where there's people out complaining about where they're setting up the Beaky stands. And now they're trying to block someone who's doing a business that is actually great for the state. It's great for the city. Like, to me, I think the, the number is somewhere close to 500 bikes. I could be wrong. Don't get caught on my number. When I uh, get the correct number, I'll put it in the show notes. But I think they're placing somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to 800 bikes around town. To me, if every one of those bikes is on the road in the daytime, that's five to 800 cars that are not on the road. That lessens traffic. That works for me even if I wasn't a cyclist. Now, People who know me, people who follow me on, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you guys know I'm a cyclist. So you're going to say, oh, well, you're just saying that because you're a cyclist. No, even if I wasn't a cyclist, I'd be happy to just take 800 cars off the road. And it's only like 1%, but every little bit counts when it comes to something like that. And mathematically, it adds faster. And these are going to be in places of high congestion. So even more so, you'll notice it because... It's not the total number of cars on the road. It's the number of cars on the road in the area where you're located. So all of this is great. But the thing that I thought was cool from Lori and the guys at Beaky is they're setting it up in a, in a way where these things can be moved. So they're put it in a place. They'll run a test on it, see how it goes. If it doesn't swing, they pick it up and move it. Right? You got guys in Waikiki that are bike rental companies and they're mad because this is coming in because they somehow see it as some sort of stepping on your competition. And I'm a business person have been for a long time. You know what? I pretty much never sweat. What the hell my competition is doing? Like I'm aware of it. I might pay some attention to it, but I don't necessarily make adjustments or change my style of business or what I do for business because of the competition, because I'm the asshole who's cocky enough to assume that my quality and my service is so good 
my customers aren't going anywhere, regardless if the other price is a little lower. Or in this case, in this case, um, as I was trying to add it up in my head, I think renting the Beakies would actually be higher than what the Waikiki bike rental guys are renting bikes for. But you also have to think of this. Anybody can go to a store and buy like 20 bikes. And I'm talking like $300 a piece bike. So it's not even that expensive and start up a bike rental thing. So if you're going to do a business that doesn't have any intellectual property, doesn't have any value added uh, service, nothing to make you special, no unique selling point, no, I'm different because of X, you started a business that's easily replicated. You started a business that's easily uh, Sherlocked. Uh, so that's on you. You had plenty of time. These guys have been renting these bikes in Waikiki for years. They had plenty of time to do something special to make it so you would want to use them versus Beaky in the first place. This is the same argument I had when uh, the taxi companies started getting all pissed over Uber. I'm like, you know, for Charlie's and the cab out here in Honolulu, they had ample opportunity to go to a company like Ikezo and say, hey, I'm going to drop, you know, 20, 30 grand. Can you build me an app that would allow people to order a taxi, know when their taxi's coming, know who their driver is, adjust the rates according to reading what my dispatch, you know, API says. I mean, they had every opportunity to build an Uber-like add-on, even after Uber. San Francisco did it. New York did it. There's a company called Hello Taxi. Uh, there's plenty of stuff out there. So they could have done it. But no, what they did, they spent millions of dollars trying to cock block Uber and Lyft, <laughs> you know, and... It's all, you know, paying off politicians and buying ads on TVs and, you know, creating all kind of insane kerfuffle. All of the rest was not necessary. How about you spent that money on your business or adjusting your prices so that you're competitive? Uh, stop having your drivers driving around the block like they don't know. Now, just so you know, I'm not facetious. I've been in Hawaii longer than most of you have been born. But cab drivers look at me, assume I'm from the mainland, and I have more than one occasion had a cab driver try to take me the long way, like thinking I wouldn't know where I'm at. And I got to be like, I'm busting the pigeon or Hawaii Creole English. Bruh, what you doing? I'm not one tourist. Like, I know the direction. I had a guy do it to me, taking me to the Blaisdell from Kaka'ako. He went all the way around the bull's ass. The Blaisdell from Kaka'ako is basically a mile on the button. And, and, and he tried to get me at like $18 taxi bill to go from Kaka'ako to the Blaisdell. And I'm like, sorry, bro, this ain't happening. <laughs> like, it's just not, I'm not that dumb. And I was on my way to the Cannabis Expo. Maybe he thought I was high, but, you know, I've seen it happen. So, you know, in the, in the same thing, for the businesses worried about Beaky, I want to say, do something, innovate yourself. You know, I bought my laser. There was about three guys doing laser. Now there's about 20 and I haven't seen any slowdown in business. Why? I'm a good designer. I'm personable. I do things other people are afraid of. Like I don't charge by the letter. Like there's a bunch of things that I do for etched shameless plug that, you know, other guys ain't doing. So I still get a lot of business. I'm still cranking five stars on Yelp. Like do something. Don't just complain or don't cock block something that could be better and make the city better by taking some of that traffic down. You know, Uber and Lyft 
would make the city better by lessening some of the cars on the road. And, and, and the taxi, you know, now that they have, you know, it took them four years, but they're just stepped their game up. They're just releasing an app. So they're getting there. Our bus system has an app. So you know where the bus go. I think people are slowly starting to figure out there might be some better ways to do things to get people off the road. And we talked about it on the last show. If you didn't listen, go to uh, solid.podbean.com, download the last episode. I talked about when you have a trip under a mile, try walking, you know, save, save everybody some hassle, you know, uh, take a bike, you know, skateboard, boost, uh, Segway, that little thing you stick in between your feet that make it look like you're riding a unicycle, but it's battery operated, like whatever. There's a lot of things you can do to find a way to like, I don't know, do your part to take some of the cars off the road, who are you with friends and drive together. Like there's a lot to it. So sorry, I get easily distracted. Going back to what we were saying to come out after the fact and complain that this bike share thing is happening to try to cock block where they're putting it. When there was plenty of public hearings, there was plenty of things out there. That's bad. And uh, I don't know the proper terminology because I'm a little flustered over it, but um, let's call it like unsportsmanlike conduct because you're setting an example. And I said this when rail happened. When rail happened, not enough people who were against it went to show up for it. So they they didn't win. They lost. Then they spent two and a half, almost three years trying to sue for them losing, trying to block and create all kinds of weird capitulations to slow down the progress. And then people started complaining about being over budget. A large portion of them being over budget has to do with spending money on propaganda, spending money on lawsuits, spending money on trying to educate the public from the misinformation that was created by the guys who had already lost. And I've said this time and time again on Facebook, I'll reiterate it here for the record, I'm neither for or against rail. I was one of those guys that wasn't convinced either way. I was unable with the information at hand to make an objective decision. But being that we lost, I don't necessarily have to be pro rail, but I don't feel that it's nice or safe or even a good lesson to be taught to the children that I'm a sore loser. So I'm going to go make ass and cause trouble to them because I'm a sore loser and I lost like that's unacceptable. Like what kind of message are we setting for the kids of the future where we sit around and complain about something we had an opportunity to fix before it happened, you know, like that's just, that's bad blood. So what I would like to see is people get out there. And even if you're not a rider, throw some support for Beaky. You know, if you may never get on a bike in your life because you don't know how, you know, still that's you get other people to do it. Maybe you can't. Maybe you got bad legs or you're scared of traffic. I don't know whatever your story is, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't educate somebody else on how they can help take some of the bodies off the road. And, and back in the day, we used to do stuff like that. That was the whole point of civic responsibility. That was the whole point of being a good citizen. Now we're good self Everything we do is about self. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I watch guys in Kakako protest all of the new building coming up. And they're mad because 
they can't afford to buy a unit or that this building is going to block some their view. But literally the building that got built across from me is rapidly filling up. It's almost full. I see it as there's 800 new people that got a place to stay, <laughs> you know, like there's people that are just starting their families. I know two people who moved in the building recently had kids like they're starting the American dream. Like, why are you so selfish? Your ability to look at a beach that simply put, you could go down the elevator and walk across the street and be actually at the beach. Why was it worth, you know, spending money and, and lawyers and stuff to try to sue progress? Like, I get it. I have an affinity for the past. I'll talk about it sometimes in this show. I, I, I miss the way things were. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't love progress too. And what a good citizen does is you learn how to accept the progress and respect the past. And maybe you put out something that allows you to talk to the people who are making these decisions. Can you give a little respect to the past? Can you put a nod to the past? Can you at least explain what your, you know, ties to the past are. My favorite thing of Japan, I've said it on maybe the first episode, the way that they fully embrace modernity, but they never let go of the past. Like you go to buildings that look old as Methuselah, but when you go to grab the door, it electronically opens and a voice goes, like really weird out of some speaker, but you're standing in what looks like a historical building. Like they do a really good job of marrying those two things together. And that's something that I think, you know, we could learn more in this country. We need to learn how to support causes that don't necessarily directly affect us, right? And what I mean by that, like, I love it when I see a bunch of, say, non-Hawaiians at a thing to support the Hawaiian movement. Or when I see a bunch of non-Blacks at a Black Lives Matter event, because they realize People are people and people have their causes. And although it doesn't direct me, I'm going to show support for my neighbor. You know, that love thy neighbor thing. Half the people don't even know their neighbors. Like, I'm lucky. I know all four of my neighbors on my floor. But honestly, I initiated that. I don't, the other two guys, we're all cool as a pool now. I don't think they would have initiated that. I think they would have saw me and thought I was some strange hip hop thug you know, who likes to bump his music loud and never said anything to me. I went and made a point to go introduce myself to them because they're older, retired people. And I just wanted them to know like, hey, you have nothing to be worried about. Don't be scared. I got some strange looking friends, but I'm ex-military. And, you know, if you need me to look after your place or take care of your cat or whatever, when you go on vacation, I got you, you know, and one of my uh, neighbors is a snowbird. So the rest of the time, I'm like, if anything happens in your apartment, I can help out. Simple. You know, it just required a conversation and a handshake. People don't even look at each other and say hello anymore. Like, and, and, and that part is just a little bit crazy. So what I want to know from you guys is through the, the uh, feedback or response or, you know, comments on the Facebook post, whatever is, do you still have the ability to vote for and support something that doesn't directly benefit you? If not, I really want to know why. Um, yeah, because I think that's a part of our society that has changed. 
and I don't really understand it anymore. And I don't, again, I don't think I'm right. Part of the reason why I do this is therapy. I'm like, I'm like voicing what I don't want to sleep with and stress over. And like the book, uh, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I could have wrote that book 40 years ago. Like that has been my swag for quite a long time. And I, uh, it's a great book, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, Mark uh, Malone, I think, I forget. I'll put the links in the, in the show notes. Um, but yeah, like can, if anyone can tell me like what it is about the inability to support something that doesn't directly affect you, like people that were against the bike lanes because they don't ride bike. Like why, why does that affect you and why not support it knowing that it can loosen up some of the traffic, you know, like, I don't know, just, I would love to hear from you guys, your, your comments, your feedback, all of that is very important to me because that helps me find out what we should talk about. Okay. Um, one more quick thing I wanted to do and somewhat of a confession, somewhat of a commitment, you know, in the last episode, again, if you haven't listened to it, go to iTunes and look up solid podcast by doc rock. Uh, the more you guys look it up, the easier it will become to search. Uh, but go and listen to the last episode. And I spoke of making small changes, like the small changes you can make in order to say, get to a bigger thing. One of mine's things that I'm working on is learning not to look at someone with an opposite opinion and go to that jacked up portion of the discourse that we're having right now and just calling them stupid. Right? So it's kind of bad. I've done it and I'll apologize for it here. It's bad when I get on to a thing and I see somebody and they're talking about why they voted for Trump and this and that. And like, I just want to go, you're, you're a Trump supporter. You're stupid. No, that's not the right thing. You know, uh, even if somebody comes up to me and they got like a super racist thing, that doesn't mean that they're stupid. It means that they are independently intelligent. Like they were trained from someone, grandfather, father, loved ones, whomever. They learned it differently than you. I grew up in a cosmopolitan environment. So I was multicultural for a long time. I've lived in like five different countries. I speak like five different languages. So yeah, I'm about far removed from uh, classical races as possible. But there are people who literally never saw a person of color until they, you know, leave their hometown. There's people in Indiana right now that spent their entire life. The only thing they know about any people of color is what they saw on TV. Now you and I both know if all you saw on TV, what's on TV is the stereotypes, you know, angry black man, angry black woman, you know, thief, drug dealer, gangster, like that's entertainment folks. That's not real life. But I can see how someone who doesn't have that familiarity could sort of be, you know, they have that anchor. They have that cognitive bias in their head from something that they saw. So I guess my my thing to you is I'm going to make a commitment that when I have a differing opinion from someone, not to go to the name calling, not to go to, that's the easy way out. Like to just call somebody a name, to let them know that they got to you. That's the easier way out. I want to get better at being able to conversate through this 
and even maybe even learn why they feel the way they do. It's not my position to always change someone's mind. And I thought that was for the longest time. I always thought that was my thing. Uh, it's, it's up to me to heal the world. It's up to me to save the world. Yeah, I still going to try, but I do realize that's not my only task. Part of my task is also take care of myself and take care of my family. So I, I will do better at this. This is my commitment to you guys. And I would ask some of you guys to do the same, especially when I watch some of the conversations on, uh, on social media get real nasty real quick. And I know most of you guys, some of the stuff you say there, you wouldn't say to another person's face standing in front of them, not even out of a fear or an intimidation thing. It's just, you're not really as much of a dick as you think you are when you're behind a keyboard. And you guys, if you've done it before, you know who you are and you don't know anybody in apology, but yourself, because it's making you look bad. And I think we should all learn how to have a, a better conversation. You know, we have to be able to learn to, uh, talk these things through. Sorry if I'm pausing randomly, but I'm trying to see the comments on the live stream, which is on Instagram. And there's some cool stuff. Hi, Brands. Miss you, my, my, my friend from a long time ago. Anyway, for those of you watching video, here's a shameless plug for Infinity. Thanks, John and Elisa for dropping this off. <coughs> that probably sounded really horrible on, <laughs> on the mic. Anyway, it's really good. If you're looking for some good boba, with nice stuff, taro, coconut. Wow, I just said that like a malahine. It's taro, <laughs> coconut. Don't know why my brain just went super California just now. Anyway, Infinity, good stuff. You should go and check them out. A couple different locales. All right. So normally at this point, I like to give some uh, recommendations, things that you might want to check out. So let me take a quick swig. That's funny. Brandy, Brandy, stop distracting me. I'm trying to record over here. <laughs> I might have to edit this part out, but knowing me, I'll be lazy and I won't do it. Anyway, I made a post the other day, which I thought was going to be different results than what I got. And I have to say to everyone who answered that post, and I'm not going to shout you guys all out because it would take about 14 weeks because it got a lot more traffic than I thought. I asked the question, what was the last book you read? And I mean, like fully read. And shockingly enough, I had, God, like almost 100 people answer and everybody had some good books. There are some really incredible books. And I posted the question kind of being nosy because I needed another book. Um, I was currently just finished. This fight is our fight by, uh, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren. It was a great book. Um, like I said, I just read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. I don't know what the heck I said earlier. Um, but I found a great one. My friend Aaron posted, and I can't wait to go check this out. It's called Everybody Lies. Big data, new data and what the internet can tell us about who we really are. And I think I heard um, the author of this book, who is Seth Stevens uh, uh, Davidowitz. I heard him on a podcast talking about it, and uh, I think it was on Hidden Brain or was brought up on Hidden Brain, 
But two things I want to recommend. Now, here's my first recommendation. Uh, go get yourself a state library card, no matter where you are. Uh, I think a lot of people after college or after high school, they forget that thing exists. And the reason why I say that is because I'm an Audible fan. I have Audible subscribers. I love audiobooks. As a matter of fact, one of the common questions in the thread was, does audiobooks count? Yes, audiobooks count. What's up, Keems? And I like audiobooks because when I am stuck in traffic or at the doctor's or, you know, waiting for Emma to finish school, that's my niece, or I don't know, shopping when it's, I'm not the shopping, but I'm the bag bitch. Like I put in my headphones and I listen to an audiobook at, at the gym when I'm sitting there watching other people work out <laughs> on the side of the pool. Like, you know, when I've got the feet in the hot tub, like whatever's great place to pick up on some good books. And I still like, you know, turning the page. I do most of my stuff on Kindle or iPad, but I do like turning a physical page here and there. But audiobooks are the bombski. Uh, audiobooks and podcasts like this one is a great way to just like get your mind off of whatever is quote unquote stressing you out and, you know, maybe read, you know, people say I don't have time for reading anymore, but you have plenty of time to sit in traffic. So radio is radio and it hasn't changed since I used to do it. So you might as well listen to something cool like a podcast. Now I use audible subscription, which is a company from Amazon. It gives me two books a month for like less than 20 bucks. And I love that because that means I can polish a minimum of like 24 books in a year. Uh, I, my average is about 100 books a year. Um, the rest I get from the state library, they have a great audiobook selection. Either you go physically pick up the CDs and you have to, you know, like wa walk around with an old school player or use your one in your car. Um, but I get them online. They use a service in, in Hawaii. We use something known as uh, Overdrive which is an Adobe type thing. So you put in your library card, you search for the book you want, you say, check it out. It basically lands automatically on your iPhone or your iPad. And then boom, you got it. It lasts for like three weeks and then it disappears. So fantastic way to get back into that reading or learning. And that's something I'm strongly working on with my niece right now is getting her into reading books because that's how I got this smart. Like when my friends were absorbing the hell out of Sports Illustrated and memorizing all the stats, unless you want to be a newscaster, that ain't really getting you anywhere. You know, I know dudes that can tell you the batting average of about three, 400, you know, MOB players, but they don't know how to properly balance a checkbook. That's not acceptable, folks. <laughs> Sorry. And again, you don't have to listen to me. I just spit these things out and hope you like it. If you don't like it, fuck it. Throw it out. Not helpful. But in my experience, the more you know, that's what they say, <laughs> the more you know. Anyway, so uh, my my picks for the week are, don't forget to check out the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Check out the book, Everybody Lies, which is by Seth Stevens Davidowitz, and also go and grab yourself a um, a library card and start to check out, you know, some of the books that you can get for free, paid for by your tax dollars in your state library. This and every version of the Solid Podcast is brought to you by Landsberg Law Office. Yes, my first sponsor. 
I still have room for more. Call me up. I need you. Oh, sorry, Marcus. Uh, Landsberg Law Office. Marcus Landsberg, he's my lawyer. He could be yours, too. He's an awesome guy. If you ever find yourself in a position where you need to talk to the police before you say a thing, tell them you need to call your lawyer first and give a call at 808-230-7419. That's 808-230-7419. Ask to speak to Marcus. Tell him that you heard about him on the Solid Podcast so that way he'll continue to support me and then he could probably keep you out of jail. He's really good. Uh, anyway, thank you so much to the Landsberg Law Office and my buddy Marcus for supporting this show, supporting local disambiguated media. Bruh, I can't say enough. Big shout outs to my Hawaii Association of Podcasters. There's a lot of great guys out there doing stuff. And huge shout out to the people who have supported and followed me, who are making me want to continue doing this show. I, I love your advice. I love your comments. I love your feedback. The most important thing you can do to support the show, besides following Marcus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hawaii Lawyer, is following me. I have a new page for the podcast. Just look up The Solid Podcast by Doc Rock on Facebook and you'll see it. Or you might, if you already follow me, get an invite sometime soon. Um, also, there's the Instagram, The Solid Pod on Twitter. The Instagram is just Solid Pod without the the. And thank you guys so much for supporting. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you again soon. Shout out to my little sister, Elise. Sarangheya. Love you, girl. Anyway, see you guys next week. I can't see you. You guys can see me, but I can't see you. Anyway, audio version is going to be in iTunes soon, and I'll get the video version up to YouTube soon after. Thank you, guys. Remember, stay solid. Ahui ho. Ahui ho.